So what does Father Herb give up for Lent? Hello, everybody. Father Herb here. Uh, true confession time. And the person asking that question is... Michael Puppis. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. The t- Podcast 23. What are you giving up for Lent? Calling it the Podcast 23. That, is that it? 23 Podcast. No. I, I, I told Michael before we went on the air that if I hear somebody say, what are you giving up for Lent one more time, I'm just probably going to lose it totally. <laughs> Lent is not about I'm giving up chocolate. You know, little kids, fine. Sure. They say I'm giving up chocolate or I'm not, I'm not going to uh, watch my favorite TV. What do kids watch on TV? Uh, lots of things. Netflix usually now. Okay. So like different. Sophia the First is a big one at our house. Okay. Cartoons. Anyway, giving up something like that is not bad for little kids. But when I hear a grown-up say, I'm going to give up chocolate for Lent, I want to say. Lame. Well, after all these years, haven't they figured out Lent is not giving up something that you don't eat much anyway? Sure. It Lent is about a whole renewal, a change of heart, a cleansing, an emptying out. Uh, it's got to be much more radical in the real sense of the word radical. Rad, radix, R-A-D-I-X in Latin, which means the root. Okay. Think of the word radish. Sure. It's a root, yeah. a root vegetable. Mm-hmm. So radical in the sense, go to the root of who we are and empty out all the stuff that gets in the way of our relationship with the Lord. Sure. I've been doing a, uh, I haven't talked really about it on the podcast much, but a spiritual exercise with some other men here from the parish. Which is a real radical uh, emptying out. It's a 90 day uh, thing that we're doing together as a, a group of men. And the whole is that I, one of those physical fitness 90 day things? No. no. <laughs> Can you see my abs yet? Um, the whole idea is there is discipline. It's called aestheticism. But the idea is disciplining yourself to stay away from things that uh, would otherwise maybe sometimes pull you away from entering into relationship with the Lord. Uh, so, yeah, eating chocolate, that doesn't make me not pray. Um, but, you know watching television sometimes might take up the time that I could be actually spending some time in prayer with the Lord, dialoguing with him, reading scripture, those types of things. So, um, it's been, it's been really good for us so far, the group of guys that are doing it just to have, uh, the support of one another. Um, but also realizing that sometimes what we cling to as humans are the creature comforts that sometimes just blindly fill our days without even realizing it. I love, that on my on iPhones now on the new operating systems they have an app called Screen Time and it will tell you how much time you spend on your phone per day, and I know for me that's one of the things uh, that I try to work on is less screen time just so I can be more attentive at home to my family or spend more time in prayer or whatever it may be, um, and even on a good day I still average probably about an hour and a half to two hours of time on my phone. Uh, just between text messaging, email, that kind of stuff. I've been off social media altogether. However, the other day I was talking to somebody that was having a discussion about this with some high school students. And a a high school student checked their screen time app for the day. They spent seven hours on their phone that day. Seven hours of their day was spent on their phone. That's incredible for me because, you know, for me it's, I will text somebody if I have to. Yeah. I will answer a phone call, and once in a while, I will make a quick uh, research of an item. Sure. Like right before I came online, 
or, or, I'm sorry, right before we came on air, yeah, I checked online to make sure that I could tell everybody that this coming Sunday we go back on to daylight saving time. We are changing time. So don't come to the nine o'clock mass at ten o'clock. Uh, no, I'll be here on. T- I'll be here at the right time. Yeah, but no, I'm saying that to the the world out there. Oh yes. But anyway, so I might use it for that kind of purpose. Sure. But uh, so that's not the kind of thing for me. And it is probably different for different people. The emptying out is, yeah, I think there's a great, great goodness in fasting. And I don't mean just not eating between meals, but maybe holding back on many things. The concept of fasting in the Catholic Church is no eating between meals and only one full meal a day. Sure. There's also uh, fasting from wasting time with frivolous TV or, you know, how many football games can, well, this isn't football season, but March Madness. Do sure. You, do you need to watch the playoffs of every conference? Oh, yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So maybe that's the better question that we ask ourselves as we head into this Lenten season uh, with uh, Ash Wednesday being this week. This weekend, we'll be celebrating the first Sunday of Lent. How can we be carving out time just to spend with the Lord over the next 40 days. And when we say spend with the Lord, it's not like suddenly you fall on your knees. It's also sometimes giving attention to the people in your life. Sure. Uh, it, it might mean also uh, responding to some of the chores that we have kind of pushed off. Sure. Like, I'll do that when I have more time or more energy. Cleaning out the junk drawer. Oh yes. Everybody, you have a junk drawer. Everybody has a drunk, a, a drunk. A, I a hope j- you don't have a drunk drawer. <laughs> I have a junk drawer or a drunk jar. Yeah. <laughs> That's just no. Never. That mind. doesn't even sound good. No. But yeah, it's you know I think I I you know everybody I think at the beginning of Lent they're always like okay we're gonna do it this year and then we kind of get into you know the first week doing okay second week and we start to lose sight um, but. Maybe the challenge this year is keep eyes on the prize all the way through. And, and don't do it alone. You talk about your men's group. Oh, you yeah. guys are accountable to each other. Sure. And that's very important. Yeah. I'm excited for Lent. How about you? Oh, yes. Uh, I always have a mixed feeling because uh, I'm excited. I believe it's a good time. I need it. I want it. But also I know that it's going to pull me out of some uh, complacency. Sure. And so there's a natural built-in resistance in all of us. And if we don't have it, then if we think we don't have it, we're lying to ourselves. Yeah. I'm personally also looking forward to, uh, in a, a week from today, actually, when we're recording this, I'm heading down to Texas with Sister Ann Mary. Tuesday the 13th? The 12th, but the yeah, 12th. Tuesday. Tuesday the 12th. And we're heading down to McAllen uh, for our week-long mission trip with um, the Catholic Charities down there in the Rio Grande area. And I'm, I think, a as a part of Lent, going on a mission trip, I'm excited for that, just kind of an immersion, literal, you know, a literal, you know, kind of shaking up what I'm used to. And I kind of plan this, too, as a part of this spiritual exercise, you know, just to try something different this year. Uh, obviously, everything at this point is kind of pointing towards what we're ultimately going to celebrate on Easter Sunday. And then the real party begins, because the Easter season is That's so great. long and great. And, of course, for me, uh, I'm working with the RCIA uh, very diligently these days, you know, several times a week, it seems like during Lent when we meet. Sure. And uh, we have the largest RCIA in the history of our parish. There are 19 this year. 
great. So that's really great. That's going to be a great Easter vigil. We should probably start talking about Holy Week in the new church. I mean, not right now, but... We're not going to do that on air. No, well, uh, there's going to be, be a Holy Week. It's let everybody be know there's going to be Holy Week. Okay, let me talk about Lent. Why don't we talk about Lent? We're doing a little bit of a theme again this year, a little series of... I'll let, I'll let you address that, but let me give you the bare bones first. Dem bones? Dem bones will rise again. Okay, the bare bones of Lent. Lent is six Sundays... The, f- the sixth Sunday is Passion Sunday, so we always read the Passion account. Sure. Three-year cycle, Matthew, Mark, Luke. This is the year of Luke. Okay, so take out Sunday number six. Sunday number one, which is this coming Sunday, mm-hmm. every year is Jesus going out into the desert for 40 days, obviously, 40 days of Lent. Yep. And then he comes back out of the desert, and he's tempted by the devil. So we have Matthew, Mark, and Luke on three years. This year is Luke. Mm-hmm. But we know it's always the temptation, the first Sunday of Lent. Yeah. The second Sunday of Lent every year is always the story of the transfiguration. Jesus on top of the mountain, mm-hmm. either for Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I already took out Sunday 6, then I took out S- Sunday 1 and Sunday 2. You're just slashing Lent away. So Lent comes down to only three Sundays of variable readings. That's Sunday, num- uh, week number three, four, and five. That sounds like an interest rate on a loan. Variable. So for the first two Sundays are fixed. Yes, and a fi- fixed. <laughs> oh, uh, let's get out of the bank. Okay. All right, keep going. And this year we have a couple of very, very good stories. Of course, the story of the prodigal son. That's only found in which gospel? Luke. Very good. Thank you. I gave you the answer on that one. That- I knew it. You knew it. Okay. <laughs> and we have the story of the fig tree that is given another chance. Sure. And then we have the woman caught in adultery, mm-hmm. and she's given another chance. Mm-hmm. And now with that in mind, go ahead with the theme that we're talking about for this year for Lent. So as I was preparing for Lent this year, uh, I've been really thinking about how do we perceive God? And sometimes I think we like to put God in our little in a little God box, and when we need God, we go to the God box and ask for something. And um, but as I was as I was going through these scripture readings, it was very evident that every time there's an expectation of what's going to happen. So, for instance, let's use this weekend's gospel. Uh, so Jesus goes into the desert and he's tempted, and there's kind of this expectation in some ways that he may give in to the temptation. You know, we're all faced with temptation throughout the day, and. Uh, Sometimes we give in, sometimes we don't. Uh, But there's always this expectation that something's going to happen. But in each story, Jesus and ultimately God show us, I'm not who you think I am. Just because you expect one thing doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen that way. You have to think bigger. I have a bigger plan for you. I have a bigger plan for this. Um, And so you're going to kind of see this unfold in each gospel reading throughout the season of Lent. And I found this beautiful song that we're going to use called Bigger Than I Thought. And the whole idea is that just when you think you have God figured out, you can't possibly imagine who God really is because God is bigger than we can ever comprehend. And um, so the text of the refrain that we'll be singing this Lent is, So I throw all my cares before you. My doubts and fears don't scare you. You're bigger than I thought you were. So I stop all negotiations with the God of all creation. You're bigger than I thought you were. And so... My prayer for, for for us this Lent is that we really put our faith and our trust in the Lord to move and do big things in our lives. That, 
you know, we may say, you know, Lord, you know, help me to be patient today. Or Lord, you know, please, you know, help my children to X, Y, or Z. Um, but if we pray fervently and we really align our prayers with God's will, God can do, you know, we sing, you know, God is, God can move mountains. Um, but do we, does our faith in the Lord really reflect that? So, well, I think the, the first Sunday is very telling in that area. It sets the tone. It's not only that Jesus is in the, in the desert for 40 days and we're, we're entering 40 days, sure, but it's also the temptations and every temptation is that we doubt Mm. the call. We doubt that we can live up to the call or we doubt the purpose of the call or the value of the call. You know, the, the, let's read the gospel of this week and talk a little bit about the, the, the three temptations that are listed, sure. but you know how they're done. So, so why don't I read the first one? Okay. And then you read the second temptation. Okay. And then I get the third one. This sounds like a Motown hit. The yes. temptations. The temptations. Here come the temps. Okay. <laughs> a reading from the Holy Gospel. <laughs> Hey, hey, people out there, yeah. <laughs> you, have, you see what I have to put up with? Isn't your life grand? Yeah, uh, squirrel. Okay, are we ready? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan, of course, where he had been baptized, mm-hmm. and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. The devil said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whom I, whomever I wish, and this will be yours if you worship me. Jesus said to him in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then he led him up to Jerusalem, and made him stand on the parapet of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you, And with their hands, they will support you, lest you dash your foot upon a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, it also says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Which certainly opens the door to knowing that temptations went on the rest of Jesus' life. Yeah. I've never caught that line before. It's it's in fo- one form or another in each of the th- three Gospels. Yeah, that's interesting. He departed for a time. It's very important to know that Jesus was tempted. But temptations, by definition, are tempting. Yeah. The first one, he's hungry. Turn the stone into bread. Sounds Sounds reasonable. But Jesus answers with a quote from Scripture, not by bread alone do you live. The second one, it's there's great irony in that one where the devil says, all these kingdoms I could give to you, 
All you have to do is worship me. Yeah. You know, the power and the glory. So the temptation is the power and the glory. Mm -hmm. I can possess it. I can run the world. Master of the universe. As Beyonce would say, who runs the world? Girls. Oh. No. <laughs> I don't listen to Beyonce. Okay, keep going. <laughs> You're the one with daughters. And they do run my world. <laughs> and then Jesus quotes again. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. The third temptation is the temple. Of course, it has a relevance of, of great holiness. This is the center of the faith. Throw yourself down. And this is different from the first two temptations. Mm. In the first temptation, the devil just says, turn the stone into bread, and I'll give you these kingdoms. And Jesus answers with scripture. Mm -hmm. In the third temptation, the devil uses scripture. And not just one passage, but two. It's the first one, you know, he will command his angels concerning to guard you. And the next one, with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And you know where that line is used? In the beloved hymn, On, on Eagle's, Eagle's Wings. Wings. Fourth verse. Fourth verse. But then Jesus answers with scripture. So it's like the devil now even resorts to using scripture as a temptation. Mm. But you put these three together. The, the Turn the stones into bread. All the kingdoms will give you power. I will give you the power and glory for all the kingdoms. And the angels will dazzle the world and protect you if you throw yourself down. Mm -hmm. If you summarize these three temptations, the devil is basically saying to Jesus, Jesus, don't, don't live out your mission. Don't be the Messiah. Take a shortcut. Yeah. Uh, don't go out there and teach people. Don't identify with the poor. Don't raise up the lowly. Don't be compassionate and understanding to the people caught in sin. Yeah. And certainly don't die on the cross. I'll just give you the razzle-dazzle. <laughs> Now you're going Broadway on me. Yep, that, that's yeah. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, it, if the devil really realized who Jesus was, of course he was going to do everything he could to try to throw him. But it's, you know, go back to the the idea of God being bigger than we thought. You know, I don't think the devil realized he'd finally met his match with Jesus Christ. You know, we as mere humans without the divine peace that Jesus had can very easily give in to the temptations that we are faced with. Okay. And that is really, I think the crooks of it for us, not that we're tempted. Temptation in itself is not a sin. Mm -hmm. What happens when temptation comes? There's a commercial on TV. The woman is eating something. I don't know what. And she says, I've been told uh, to deny my cravings. Mm hmm but I believe in giving into them. And then so she's eating something. <laughs> that sounds like the American way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, what a lesson, but that's what people do. And then the other thing is we, we often stack the deck against ourselves. We put ourselves right in harm's way. We surround ourselves with temptations, and then we wonder why we gave in to temptation. Sure. I, I love to use the example. The person who is likely to be an embezzler should not volunteer to be the treasurer 
of the club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've used that before. Yeah. It's true, though. You know, they should not be the ones who say, oh, yeah, we're going to have a trivia contest, and I'll take care of uh, all the people who are paying their their uh, participants' fees, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll cook the books somehow. I remember um, we were at a conference once, and somebody was talking about, uh, in terms to the addictions to pornography and things like that, that you almost have to realize when you are being faced with something that's triggering you and literally say out loud, this is a trigger. And in some ways it will help reset yourself. And, and I think you could use that with anything, whether it's embezzling or food or, you know, or, you or overeating. And if you, if you know that you have to avoid something and some people do it for medical purposes sure, and you just have to avoid it. But I, I remember, uh, a man that I knew, not in not in this town, but I knew him. He died way too young. He was um, type one diabetic, and he just did not follow any of the guidelines. Mm. And even his friends would sneak in food for him, even when he was at the hospital. Yeah, you know when he was having a relapse of some sort, and he died. Now those friends probably thought they were doing him a favor. Sure, but. You know, we sometimes have to get ourselves out of temptation, not be where it's to be found. But the other part, which you mentioned about your men's group, we also have to surround ourselves with good people yeah. who strengthen us. I see it as there's many pieces of the puzzle. It's community. Community. Knowing that... Where have we ever talked about community at this parish? Never. But the, commu the community is something that will help hold us accountable, where we can talk about things that trigger us but also knowing that we are nourished through the Eucharist and that we can seek God's forgiveness when we go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I mean, there's so much wisdom and beauty in the Catholic Church. And to, to quote the last line once again, the devil departed from him for a time. T right. TBC, to be continued. Let's make this the best Lent ever for at least 2019. Amen. <laughs>